to you live from Petoskey, Michigan. It's Northern Michigan's only live and local afternoon talk show, WMKT's Talk of the North. Something on your mind? Call our studio line at 866-371-1270 or connect on social media at Triple Talk WMKT on Facebook and X. Now, bringing you the latest news from the region, states, and around the country. Here's your host, Nick Rudy. Good afternoon, Northern Michigan. Welcome to WMKT's Talk of the North on 102.3 and 103.3 FM, 1270 AM, Triple Talk, WMKT, streaming online at WMKTDTalkStation.com. Um, happy Tuesday, a week away from Election Day right now. Isn't that hard to believe? It's almost here. I mean, it's just the primary. Yes, it's just the primary, but still, I feel like we were just in election season not long ago. Uh, enjoy the local elections, though, that you have. Those are the ones where you're going to have the uh, the most say, where your vo- voice is going to be heard the most, where your vote matters most, because the uh, primary election, um, for all intents and purposes, is mostly decided. If you uh, want to know what you might be voting on other than for president, tune in to yesterday's show where we broke that down in the local news segment. We have your election coverage taken care of. We'll be sure to tune in uh, to results as they come in from the counties and relay them to you in the morning news on this station and in the afternoon on this show. Again, happy Tuesday. We'll take this weather. I think it's uh, been about 45, 46 degrees during the afternoon here in Petoskey. Of course, a little bit warmer down in the TC Cadillac area. Hope you're enjoying it. Uh, Nice and sunny as well. It was a short day for me as I headed to and from the gym this afternoon. So that was nice uh, to uh, be able to uh, be free of the the jeans for once. Though the, the Red Wings, they secured another win. Big game yesterday. Mentioned that on yesterday's show, but they didn't finish until just about right after the show ended. So mostly because the game went into overtime. Lucas Raymond led the way with a goal and an assist. Ben Sherratt netted the game winner with four minutes left in overtime before they went to a shootout, which we would like to have avoided. So it's a good thing we did. A decent game overall. Only one goal per period was allowed. I mean, it could be improved upon, but as far as the defense has been going for the Red Wings so far this season... Pretty okay outing. Uh, The Wings remain in that final playoff spot. Who's ahead of them? Tampa Bay. They have the seventh seed leading by only a point. The Flyers are in the Metropolitan Division. They only have, they're only up a point as well. So in the Red Wings' own division, Toronto is really the only one we could catch beyond the Maple Leafs in the wildcard standings. Toronto, three points ahead right now. So that's who we should have our sights set on. And then since New Jersey did not play yesterday, we're now four points ahead of them. So even if they beat the Capitals tonight, Wings will still be a point ahead. We still just need a little bit more breathing room. Kind of some news in college football, actually, if you'd believe it or not. Keon Sav, he is, Sav is headed to Alabama, transferred the Michigan safety. Uh, hopefully this is not going to be a reoccurring issue for the Michigan Wolverines. He was, uh, behind two other players, including Rod Moore. I can't remember who the other the other starting safety was throughout the season. The thing is, though, uh, Sab, he actually started in the national championship game due to injuries. So, uh, you know, he was a good player. He was a good player. Had a couple of interceptions, a couple of pass breaks, ups, uh, 
during his uh, couple of games he played last year because he redshirted, but still allows you to play some. Um, yeah, so not exactly ideal by any means, but um, I'll see. We'll see if we'll, we'll power through that, hopefully. We're going to have to. Michigan State basketball looks to keep up the momentum. Their goal right now is kind of securing a, a decent seeding in March Madness. Uh, kind of looking at the schedule and the standings, I don't think they have a shot at the Big Ten Conference, you know, in the regular season. If they get hot at the right time, I could see them potentially beating uh, everyone on the way to a Big Ten uh, title in the tournament. But uh, I just I just don't see them being able to kind of make up for lost time and a bad start to the season. And so just kind of inconsistency. But again, any any team, any given day can beat you know anyone. So I, I don't know. I mean, obviously Michigan's not going to go anywhere in the Big Ten tourney. They had better teams previous years and lost really bad teams. I think last year they got knocked out in the first round to Rutgers. Um, and then, yeah, I just, I mean, Purdue lost to Ohio State. So I think everyone in the Big Ten is vulnerable. I just don't imagine as conference play continues, Purdue's going to keep losing to lesser than teams or Illinois for that matter. We're all waiting for a, uh, a change in Michigan basketball. A lot of Juwan Howard defenders online, surprisingly, blaming the talent, the assistant coaches, and more, although their assistant coach got two wins earlier this year. So not exactly sure if uh, the assistant coaching is, you know, Phil Martini, if that's an issue. But, you know, let's say, let's say it's the players. And to be, to be fair, I think it actually is a lot on the players. I think we don't have great players on this team. I don't think they hustle very hard. But between Beeline leaving, who alone made this, you know, by himself made this a blue blood school. You know, between that and NIL, we don't have great players. They're not, there's not a great Michigan culture either right now in the basketball program. I don't think many of the players fit into the program. You know, and at the same time, in college, not only do you have to coach the players, you know, on the court, in practice, you also have to recruit them. You know, and maybe Juwan is a good coach. He did have success early in his tenure when he was coaching B-Lines recruits, but he cannot recruit his own players. We've been seeing that for the past three seasons. That is a sign of an incomplete coach. Maybe he's good with the X's and O's, but not with culture building. And I was actually listening to the huge show on our sister station, 1047, 1340, the ticket the other day. And he said it pretty well, kind of summed it up because Juwan was crying about how he has plays that work. He was, he was literally saying to the media, I have these plays and I know these plays work. They've worked with past teams. The problem is, as huge pointed out, this team is not past teams, you know, put aside the lower talent level, every player, every team is different from previous teams. And what works for one team, what works for one player is not going to work for the other. They can't get stuck in a rut, and I think that's where Howard has found himself to be. And then finally, um, yeah, I mean, I just want to look at Michigan football again real quick. I mean, so we had Sab that left. There's a linebacker. He wasn't a starter that left. Uh, talking to some people, they suspect that more players are probably going to enter that transfer portal. I mean, during last year, late last season, there was there was talk about the NIL program at Michigan and how how bad it is. Um, I, I was reading a lot of articles. It was actually as far as you know, top tier Division One programs go. Michigan's NIL program is in shambles. They don't have a lot of good leadership there. Uh, the money's not going to NIL right now, and that's going to be an issue when you're competing with LSU, with Alabama, with um, I guess to an extent Ohio State. Notre Dame. 
know, even again, like Notre Dame's a great example of a team that hasn't historically been good, but they, they still have that name brand and a lot of players in their state want to play there. And uh, gosh, I mean, there's, you know, even USC, we have some bigger teams moving into the big 10, such as USC, UCLA, Oregon, Washington. So these NIL deals have to be squared away or we're going to lose players to Georgia, Alabama, LSU, and, and others, Texas. So we can't be having that and uh, trying to rebuild our program with uh, a lack of, with, a, with was like 18 players that got invited to the NFL Pro Day and are losing our head coach and our defensive coordinator. So hopefully they're, they're going to be able to square that away in the off season. But to our trivia question for today, which country is home to the world's oldest continuously inhabited city? Syria, Lebanon, Egypt, or Iraq? You can participate on the trivia poll over on X at Triple Talk WMKT, my personal X account at Nick Rudy. What's been trending today? Well, a sale of a company, actually. Vizio, one of the most popular TV brands. You go into a store, you're bound to see one. I think it's safe to say several of you probably have a Vizio TV. And, and can we talk about how cheap TVs are these days? Go into a store. And you can walk out with a decent TV and quality and size for under $400, sometimes even under $300. I remember when I was a kid, a really good TV was like $1,200. And that was $1,200 back in the day, like 2008. And um, let's be real. TVs are one of those things that have benefited greatly from the free market. No longer do you need a Samsung or an LG to ensure picture quality. Pretty much any TV you come across has good picture quality. Built-in speakers, they may not be great, but most folks have, you know, a 5.1 system or a sound bar. Anyway, so, you know, I, the TV that I play on, I play video games on. When I, I got when I was in college, it's one of those on brands, you know, the ONN brand from Walmart. It was in the clearance section as a return with no box. The remote was taped onto it, $65. Picture quality is great. But a change to how we might be, buy TVs might be here, though, because Walmart has purchased Vizio, um, maybe not for the exact reason you assume, but the deal is for $2.3 billion. Man, Walmart has so much money. It's crazy. But Walmart says they're doing this to grow its high-profit ad business. I mean, they're already in the electronic games. Remember, they have those on TVs, and they don't make just like 24-inch TVs. They make larger ones. They make, you know, into the 70s. And so they already are in the electronics game, but Walmart touted the potential boost to its ad business through Vizio's SmartCast operating system, which allows users to stream free ad support of content on their TV. So they want easier access to ads and more importantly, controlling the ads that get shown on all of those Vizio TVs. So they get the bucks from showing the ads, not Vizio. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to impact a few different things. One, Walmart, again, owns that on-brand. Hopefully they keep that because those cheap TVs are what college kids like me thrive on back in the day. Um, so Vizios are still pretty cheap, but a bit out of the price range of the use. So hopefully Walmart doesn't completely abandon their uh, their lower tier electronics. Also, Walmart has a partnership with Paramount Plus to combine with their Walmart Plus service. So that will likely be built into their future TVs, giving the lesser known Paramount Plus more visibility. We'll see if, if that has an impact on any of the other streaming services as well. But to the answer, to our trivia question for today. Again, that question being, which country is home 
the world's oldest continuously inhabited city. Your options are Syria, Lebanon, Egypt, or Iraq. The answer is Syria. City is Damascus. Today is the 20th of February. It's time for our famous birthday. Today, we are wishing Kurt Cobain a happy birthday, singer and guitarist of the late 80s, early 90s grunge band Nirvana, best known for their breakout 1991 album Nevermind. Uh, famously died by suicide in 1994 at the age of, I think it was 27. Cobain was uh, posthumously inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame alongside his bandmates. In their first year of eligibility in 2014, just a decade ago, Rolling Stone included him on its list of the 100 greatest songwriters of all time, 100 greatest guitarists, and 100 greatest singers of all time. So lots of accolades there. He was ranked seventh by MTV in the 22 greatest voices ever in music. That is crazy. Here he is, along with his bandmates, Nirvana. Happy birthday to Kurt Cobain and all of our February 20th birthdays. We are going to take a quick break. When we return, we have a lot of local news headed your way. The state is trying to get tricky in how they increase. I mean, it's really just your tax revenue. That's what they're trying to do. They're trying to get tricky in how they increase the amount of money you pay them. But we're going to see if uh, people wake up to, uh, to that. And the uh, NMC board in Traverse City is, uh, has filled out their roster. They filled out their board. Find out who that is. It is a very uh, popular last name in the Traverse City area. And also, the Michigan Public Service Commission is looking for public input on how they are going to handle determining whether they approve or deny wind and solar projects. So we'll get into those stories and many more coming up after these messages. You're listening to WMKT's Talk of the North on 1023 and 1033 FM, 1270 AM, Triple Talk, WMKT. Have you filed for disability benefits but were denied by the Social Security Administration? Or do you need to apply and are overwhelmed with paperwork? Are you between the ages of 50 and 63 and can no longer work because of an illness or injury? Thousands of hardworking Americans are in your situation. They file for disability benefits and are unnecessarily denied their much-needed benefit check. Call now for a no-obligation, free evaluation. We can help you nearly double your chances of approval and get your benefit checks faster. We understand the physical, emotional, and financial impact. We'll share our insider expertise and help you get your disability claim filed and paid immediately. There is a time limit to apply, so call right now 
Operators are standing by to help you. 800 413 providing over 400,000 mental health consultations worldwide last year, including care for migrants and refugees on the dangerous journey north from Central America. The fact is, your acts of care and compassion make our life-saving work possible. Picture the impact we can have together. DoctorsWithoutBorders.org Resetting your password, unsubscribing from emails, printing anything. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with an auto owner's insurance independent agent, getting the right coverage for your business doesn't have to be one of them. So you can get back to more important things, like learning how that printer works. That's simple human sense. Ask Cortez Flint Insurance and Financial Services with offices in Petoskey, East Jordan, Boyne City, Gaylord, and now Traverse City, and see if auto owners make sense for you. There's one man on this earth who really, truly gets it. I'll be the one to say it. The case against Trump is a phony case, and his handling of documents makes Trump look like the most careful handler of classified information in American history compared to Joe Biden. Nothing about Trump leaving classified information out in public areas where people are walking. Trump is very honest about what he does. That's one of the reasons I hate him. Mark Levin is on the radio. Weeknights at 6 on WMKT. And now we return to your home for in-depth local news coverage. WMKT's Talk of the North with Nick Rudy, exclusively on 1023 and 1033 FM, 1270 AM WMKT, and streaming across the Wolverine State at WMKTTheTalkStation.com. Welcome back to WMKT's Talk of the North on 1023 and 1033 FM, 1270 AM, Triple Talk, WMKT, streaming online at WMKTTheTalkStation.com. 866-371-1270 is our phone number, 866-371-1270. Our email address, WMKTBusiness at gmail.com. Social media, Facebook and X at Triple Talk WMKT. My personal X account is at Nick Rudy. We're also on Telegram, t.me slash Triple Talk WMKT. You're going to want to keep an eye out for your vehicle's registration later this year, particularly as a proposed change could go into effect. This is under a recommendation from Governor Whitmer's proposed budget. Drivers would be automatically opted in for the $14 recreational passport when ordering or renewing a vehicle's license plate. Drivers would still be able to opt out of purchasing the service, but would need to intentionally make the decision to do so. The proposed opt-out method is to mail a prepaid postcard with a reimbursement form 
for this uh to the state that's literally what you'd have to do state representative ken borton called the proposal a way to trick drivers into paying for something they may not use the traverse city curling club is set to host the mixed doubles national championship the roster will include former olympians and the current world champions winners will determine the who is going to represent the u.s in the world championships and who will serve as a also kind of serve as a way to determine who will compete in the 2026 olympics this event will run from the 27th until march 3rd consumers energy is officially ending its power purchase agreement with cadillac renewable energy the agreement ends in may of 2024 the current one does the move comes as consumers has been ending other power purchase agreements and their transition to renewable energy and in their attempts to save customers money a truck ran into and snapped a telephone pole Monday night in Benzie County. The incident took place on River Road between M22 and Airport Road. The road was a temporary closed, but has since been reopened. Traverse City commissioners and planning commissioners will have a lot to discuss at their study session tomorrow night. Planning commissioners will hear from city commissioners on if they want to cap or limit short-term rentals in the city as the city is looking to make housing more affordable with possibilities that include capping STRs in districts that have no restrictions, tightening caps in districts that already have them, or implementing caps on a district-wide basis instead of a per-building basis. City and planning commissioners will also discuss the proposal of letting Safe Harbor operate year-round instead of seasonally. The homeless shelter would need to have a get a new special use, special land use permit, which is roughly a three-month process. Uh, they've not yet applied, but if they did, the city officials say a potential approval could be given by late spring or early summer, but that's only if they apply somewhat soon. And then the city and planning commissioners will discuss a timeline to finalize and approve the city's new master plan. According to the schedule, the planning commission will review the master and mobility action plans at multiple meetings in April, while the city commission will review them between May and July. There will be a 63-day public review period during that time with a public open house to be held in June to gather input. The process will wrap up with the Planning Commission holding a public hearing and voting on adopting the plans on August 7th with the City Commission public hearing and adoption vote to occur on September 3rd. I'm sure it'll all happen exactly on that timeline. I'm sure everyone's going to agree completely, but it'll probably be somewhat close to that. A familiar name has been appointed to a local board. Bill Marsh Jr. has been named the newest member of the Northwestern Michigan College Board of Trustees. Marsh was one of the six ap applicants who tossed his hat in the ring. To fill the board seat vacated by Rachel Johnson last month. He will serve on the board until the November 5th election. Maybe Marsh has some more time on his hands. Since last month, when he and his brothers announced they were selling their three car dealer uh, three car dealerships to Sarah Automotive, a deal that should be finalized later this spring. More dogs in local schools. At their meeting this month, the Public Schools of Petoskey Board of Education approved a motion that will allow therapy dogs to be welcomed at all elementary schools. Henry, a therapy dog, blazed the trail. He's been serving at Lincoln Elementary since last May. Central Elementary is currently looking into the program. You may have an opportunity soon to witness a celestial marvel, a very small part of Michigan, that is. A total solar eclipse will be headed for Earth on April 8th. Michigan's last solar eclipse was on June 30th, 1954. According to NASA, the spots most likely to see the eclipse will be in Erie Township and Luna Pier in southeast Michigan. And let's say you can't make April 9th. You'll have another chance here in Michigan on September 14th of 2099. I will be almost exactly 101 years old at that point, just a couple of days short of that. 
So maybe uh, if I if I start eating healthier than I do, maybe I'll uh, make the next one. I doubt I'll be in uh, southeastern Michigan to, uh, to catch that one. But hey, if I'm 101, I'll have nothing better to do probably than uh, go to wherever that uh, I can view the, the next total solar eclipse. The Straits Area Community Foundation has approved its winter round of Youth Advisory Council grants. They have awarded $2,950 to four nonprofits. That's Anna's Treasures, the Women's Resource Center of Northern Michigan, Catholic Human Services, and Mackinac City Public Schools. And a story I promised that we would get into yesterday on, uh, or get into today on yesterday's show. Very important one to highlight. We were just kind of up against the clock yesterday, and we needed to do some more research to bring you the uh, the facts of the story. But under the recently passed and soon-to-be active Public Act 233, which is going to go into effect in November, the Michigan Public Service Commission was given final authority on renewable energy projects, taking away local control from townships, counties, and cities, and other municipalities. And now the Michigan Public Service Commission, perhaps too late, is looking to gather public input on the new law. The chairman of the MPSC, Dan Scripps, says, quote, we want to make sure that we're doing it in an open and transparent way that we're relying on the expertise of local governments, of planners and others, and really providing opportunities for the public to input into the process and share their views. Scripps went further. The commission will consider several factors when deciding which projects to approve, like how easily a project can connect to the grid and the availability of land that could determine where projects are built in places like Northern Michigan, end quote. If you really value the opinion of local folks and local governmental bodies, why not just let them make their own decisions? I don't seem, don't see how that, uh, how those two things can kind of coexist. As we've covered, a group of, a group called Citizens for Local Choice has started a petition to repeal Public Act 233. The Michigan Farm Bureau and Michigan Townships Association Board are among the heavy hitters to back that petition drive. In fact, we actually spoke to Citizens for Local Choice, you can find that on our website, wmktvtalkstation.com, under special edition interviews. Catch up right now on demand, and you can hear all about what their petition drives about and kind of the next steps they're taking to make this a reality. And so now that the petition drive is gaining traction, the state appears to want to, to attempt to repair its image. Here's what they're doing. So on February 8th, 2024, the Michigan Public Service Commission issued an order in case number U-21547, directing the staff to hold public meetings starting in March of this year to engage with experts, local units of government, project developers, and other interested persons to consider issues relating to, a, to application filing instructions or guidelines, the potential use of consultants and assessment of application fees, free application cons consultations to consider guidance for use in the development of compatible renewable energy ordinances, as well as any additional issues that may arise during the engagement process. Initial engagement sessions will take place virtually via Microsoft Teams on March 7th at 1.30 and March 19th at 1.30 as well. Details will be posted on the state's website. We have a link pinned to our social media for you on Facebook and X. That's where you can monitor that website so you can provide feedback on those dates. They haven't created the meeting links yet so that you can, you know, add them to your team's calendar, however you do that, or just add them to your Google Notes with a reminder or something like that. So uh, we've posted that link for you again on Facebook and X. It's pinned to the top of our homepage. So if you want to comment publicly during those meetings, you can just kind of keep clicking on that every every couple of days. I'm sure we'll keep you posted as well when they when they make those announcements and make the link available. But just in case you're very uh, interested in tracking this story, 
we have that information so that you can uh, basically, you know, you can do your own research, which is always great. That has been our look at local news today. When we return, we have a couple of other stories that are uh, based in Michigan, two of them, uh, particularly one about uh, Trump being a bit of a prophet when it comes to business, which makes sense because he is what? Well, a businessman. Uh, building costs are likely to go up, and uh, it's kind of ironic because that's something that Governor Whitmer has claimed is going to be a priority, affordable housing, yet her own administration is making building costs uh, go up. So I don't exactly, again, see how that can coexist at that same time. We're also going to speak on the Julian Assange issue. Uh, he is uh, right now in the midst of a two-day hearing to see if he can possibly fight back against extradition to the U.S. in British court as we speak. We'll get into those stories coming up after these messages. You're listening to WMKT's Talk of the North on 1023 and 1033 FM, 1270 AM, Triple Talk, WMKT. I'm Tom Graham. President Biden says new sanctions are coming against the Kremlin. I told you we'd be announcing sanctions on Russia. We'll have a major package announced on Friday. Speaking outside the White House, the announcement comes after the death of Russian opposition leader Alexei Navalny. California continues to get drenched by a so-called atmospheric river that's shifting south. Parts of Santa Barbara County have received around 10 inches of rain. Los Angeles has now recorded its fourth wettest February on record, and several people needed to be rescued Monday in San Luis Obispo County after they became caught in rising floodwaters. Landslides and flooding have also shut down roads, including a section of the Pacific Coast Highway in Huntington Beach. That's Fox's Max Gordon on Huntington Beach. Those heavy rains are expected to ease off Wednesday and Thursday. America is listening to Fox News. This is the Up North Sports Report with Brendan Morris. We have another Scholar Athlete Award winner here in Northern Michigan. Congratulations to Willem DeGood of Traverse City West on winning the MHSA Scholar Athlete Award from Farm Bureau Insurance. Willem is a four-year runner of cross-country and track and is a member of the Nordic and cross-country ski teams. Willem is also a decorated musician with the school concert and marching band. And congratulations on an incredible honor and way to represent Traverse City West. And we have more good news out of Traverse City West as two local seniors just committed to play at the next level. Congratulations to tight end Sam Schutte, who just committed to play at Calvin University. And linebacker Adeo Iomobed has committed to play at Davenport University. And during National Signing Day, Gaylord had a local athlete who committed to play at the next level. Noah Fitzgerald signed to play at Lewis University. Congratulations to all the local athletes on committing to play at the next level. And we'll bring you more updates on tomorrow's edition of the Up North Sports Report. Get back on the trail, back on the slopes, back on the job. McLaren Northern Michigan Orthopedic Services can help you relieve pain caused by sports injuries, traumas, or arthritis. The skilled orthopedic team delivers expert care for all muscle, joint, and bone conditions. Let McLaren Northern Michigan Orthopedic Services get you back to the things you love. Learn more at mclaren.org slash northernortho. McLaren, doing what's best in orthopedics. Triple Talk, WMKT weather forecast. 
forecast for the rest of today. Sunshine. Expect a high near 45. Increasing clouds throughout the night. Tonight, lows near 32. Sunshine for Wednesday. Highs of 44. Sunshine again for Thursday, 45. Look ahead to Friday. Cool it off. Sunshine. High near 26. But Saturday, sunshine again high near 30. That's your forecast on Triple Talk WMKT. Now, back to WMKT's Talk of the North with Nick Rudy on 1023 and 1033 FM, 1270 AM, WMKT, and streaming statewide at WMKTTheTalkStation.com. Welcome back to WMKT's Talk of the North on 1023 and 1033 FM, 1270 AM, Triple Talk, WMKT, streaming online at WMKTTheTalkStation.com. Also the same place where you can catch up on this show on demand anytime, anywhere, WMKTTheTalkStation.com. Click the On Demand tab in the upper right-hand corner and click after that, Talk of the North. You can listen right there in your browser, smartphone, or desktop, or click the buttons that'll redirect you to Apple Podcasts, YouTube Music, or Spotify. Post-2020 Trump is a a bit of an enigma. Some days he is a babbling buffoon, and other days he is uh, poetically prophetic. More times than not, his insights that are deep are usually in relation to, to business, which, again, makes sense because... He's a businessman, so that's what he knows. As we mentioned on yesterday's show, Trump was in Michigan making a campaign stop in Waterford Township, did his usual routine, and was also wooing the United Auto Workers Union, as he is uh, always trying to do in Michigan, because it's it's, that's why he comes. He only comes to Southeast Michigan, and that's what he spends his time talking about is, is the union, because that's what we're known for. It's the easiest thing for him to do. And uh, saying they... Despite their newfound wages and benefits, they're at risk of losing their jobs because of EV mandates and automation and the like. And sure, we can say just by looking at the industry with half a brain and what has transpired over the past few months and years, we can say that he's likely going to be correct in his assessment. But it's not just my observation or your observation or even Trump's observation that makes us feel comfortable about making that assessment, saying that he's likely to be true because this is also coming directly from the figureheads of the auto industry. Last week at an auto conference in New York, Ford CEO Jim Farley teased the someday arrival of a small, more affordable electric vehicle. Okay, big deal. True. I don't know how many times I've mentioned on this show that EVs are simply not affordable for the average Michigander, even despite Ford losing on average $34,000 per vehicle, and there's a $7,500 rebate that you can get for them. Ford can't sustain that. The taxpayers can't sustain the subsidy. We need these cars to be cheaper so people can actually afford them. Maybe if a quality EV with a 500-mile range was available at a $23,000 price point, Maybe you'd be interested in purchasing it as a commuter car or something like that. But how does Ford get there? How does it stop losing $34,000 per vehicle and start making, 
I don't know, a couple thousand per vehicle. When it comes to gas cars, Ford on average makes between two and $4,000 per car. So they have a long way to go to get to that point with EVs. They have to turn around a $34,000 loss to a $3,000 gain. And that's not something that you can just, you know, wish into existence. You have to put in the work. You have to cut prices somewhere. You have to get people excited about the product. Labor is well known as the most expensive cost of doing business. Up to 70% of total business costs in many cases. And so Ford, like any other business, is looking to change things all on the altar of EVs. They're, they're willing to make drastic cultural changes. Also, they can worship at the altar of electric vehicles. Farley, at that auto conference, further said something that I omitted up to this point. We have to think carefully about our manufacturing footprint. Our reliance on the UAW turned out to be we were the first truck plant to be shut down. Really, our relationship has changed. It's been a watershed moment for the company. Does this have a business impact? Yes. And when he's referencing it's been a watershed moment for the company, he's kind of specifically talking about the last strike that occurred a couple of months ago. Industry experts kind of reading between the lines and decoding what he said is they're saying, oh, well, he means they're going to be looking outside of Michigan, outside of the U.S. for future manufacturing, especially electric vehicles. Now, we can have all the bickering we want about the UAW. They're not angels by any means. But gas-powered cars, even with UAW demands, are profitable. We just established that, two to $4,000 per vehicle in profit. But, and then you look further at Ford's financials, they're at a $7 billion disadvantage to other automakers because Ford uses most the most UAW workers. Nearly like, I think 60, actually, I'm not even going to speculate. I, I can't remember when I looked at the last number. But um, they use the most UAW workers. I know that. Farley, up to this point, described that as the right cost. But that's when they're still making gas-powered vehicles and they can eat those higher costs because they're still profitable. Because people still prefer their cars over other automakers. But when you're trying to get a certain section of your business profitable, you can't eat those additional labor costs year over year. And really, the only way Ford can get out of the UAW bubble is by looking outside of the U.S. EV mandates are going to have a real impact. And couple that with the greed of UAW leadership, Sean Fain calling for a 32-hour work week, they're completely hammed, just like Trump said. Government mandated or not, EVs are the cars of the future. They're going to be built outside of the U.S., though. And as gas-powered cars are more and more obsolete over time, UAW workers are going to lose their jobs to Mexico or China or Japan or Korea or wherever they decide to make these things. And again, the UAW is not doing themselves any favors by being over the top in their bargaining. But these EV mandates from the federal government and the states are the main instigators here. So we can be really clear and say policies pushed by the Biden administration and the Whitmer administration, this is going to cost Michiganders their jobs. And if these jobs move overseas and these folks lose their jobs, it doesn't just affect 
those workers. Sure, it hits them the hardest, but it affects the entire state's economy. This whole state was built from the ground up of the auto industry. A lot of the money in our state is from the auto industry. Take a look around and look at all the manufacturing that's in northern Michigan. We surprisingly have a good chunk. There's a fair bit of it that is heavily reliant on the auto industry. It's going to have a trickle-down effect, and when those people don't come up for vacations in Traverse City, Petoskey, Sheboygan, Mackinac City, Mackinac Island, they don't spend those dollars because they're out of work, it's going to have real-life impact. If we continue to lose our manufacturing to other states who have upheld right-to-work or other countries who are less regulatory, Michigan is going to be uniquely in trouble. Joe Biden is willingly sacrificing the future of Michiganders so he can say he's combating global warming. His fake science is going to cost us real dollars. And this is, this, this is not just speculatory into the future either. Not only are future, future EVs going to be moved to other states or future EVs going to be moved to a different country, in 2021, Ford bypassed Michigan to create 11,000 new EV jobs in Kentucky and Tennessee both of whom are surprise, surprise, right-to-work states. Real-life impact by these policies. You just got to connect the dots. That's all you got to do to see that these issues are going to impact not just the workers that are, which is an issue in and of itself, impacting just the many, many workers in the auto industry, but also you and me. The housing crisis has been an ongoing issue, does not look like it's going to get better anytime soon. Of course, the state can be blamed at least for being part of the issue. And mid-crisis, the state was probably like, hmm, what can we do to make it worse? It's, I, at some point, you're just wondering, these policies that they propose, do they eventually just become incidentally an issue? This policy, which we'll get to in a second, when they're, when they're coming up with this, are they just so dumb that they create a policy time and time again that has unintended consequences? Or are they doing this on purpose? Sometimes it's just really hard to tell. They're just up there in the ivory tower writing something out to make themselves feel good about themselves or to win their voting base over during an election year. I mean, it's just crazy. Okay, so they went to their favorite regulation. This is why that it's going to cost more. Housing. So the state's licensing department is proposing a new building code for home builders. This is from ABC 13. Quote, proposed changes to building codes could require companies to install commercial-grade sprinkler systems to prevent fires. The upgrade will be a costly project that this one gentleman, a contractor, John Bitley, says a simple smoke detector could replace. Bitley is concerned the proposed code coding changes could make it nearly impossible for people to even think about buying a home. Many of you listening probably already own your own home right now. Maybe some of you are in the process of buying a home or thinking about buying a home and you're just looking at home, home costs or construction costs. It's only going to get worse. With regulation and inflation, there's an old adage that homes take longer to build or remodel and always cost more than expected. You ran into some unexpected issue or something and while it's always been true that construction material goes up over time, it's gotten so bad that in some projects, material gets more expensive during the project. It's not like, oh, the, the remodel in my house two years ago would have cost me double now. No, it's like 
oh, like the the same three by two by four that I paid for two weeks ago is now double. It's that bad. I know someone who's gutting and rebuilding a home. Their costs have gone substantially over the expected prices, mostly due to increased prices of material. And now the state's like, okay, we see this is an issue and we understand, but we're going to add an expensive regulation. Contractors estimate this will make home buying process more expensive by tens of thousands of dollars. This is not install a, a new light switch for 20 bucks. This is a tens of thousands of dollars cost. Bought a fixer-upper for $200,000, dumped what you planned on $175,000. That turned out to be an additional $190,000 because of inflation. Oh, and then toss in fifteen dollars for a new commercial-grade sprinkler system in your home. Yeah, maybe you can eat that additional $15,000 from $175,000 to $190,000. But at some point, too much is too much. You just can't keep nickeling and diming your future. But the state doesn't care. They're going to do what they want, when they want, and it's going to cost you money. Governor Whitmer, it, it's crazy. I'm going to invest $1.3 or like $1.4 billion of our tax dollars, mind you, for rebuilding or building 10,000 10, homes, spend only $400 million on our crumbling roads. Year over year, the cost to repair them goes up to actually get them back to normal because they just keep, they get exponentially worse. It's like a compounding problem but now a new regulation that the uh, the morons on my administration have conjured up by the time this budget passed which is where she proposed spending that amount of money for 10,000 homes by the time that's passed it's not going to be able to pay for 10,000 homes because of inflation and new regulations and I guarantee you that she's not going to lower the number of houses that she wants to fix up she's just going to increase the amount of taxes she's going to put to the project in a supplemental budget. I can almost guarantee you that's going to be the case. Our final story real quick. Just want to highlight this while we have the time here live on the radio. I'm sure you've heard about it, but I think everyone with a, a conscious needs to speak out on this. Um, the free press. Um, it's interesting because the, uh, the U.S., much of the U.S., properly decrying the murder of Alexei Navalny at the hands of Putin. We're in real time witnessing the, the persecution of a person who generally speaking, represents the free press. And I'm not, not talking about Donald Trump. That's an entirely different situation. Julian Assange. London's high court has scheduled two days of hearings on Tuesday and Wednesday to decide whether WikiLeaks founder Assange might appeal a U.S. request for extradition to stand trial on espionage charges in the United States. The 52-year-old faces charges under the Espionage Act of 1917 that could amount to a sentence of up to 175 years in prison. Dude's been held in a high-security prison in London since 2019, this has impacted his mental health, his physical health. This is all stemming from when WikiLeaks published tens of thousands of secret military dip and diplomatic documents leaked by Chelsea Manning, the Army intelligence analyst. Files exposed hidden diplomatic dealings and included revelations about civilian deaths in wars in Iraq and Afghanistan. He sought refuge, refuge in the Ecuadorian embassy in London, was there from 2012 to 2019 because he was tossed out then for being a, quote, ungrateful guest. I mean, I would have been so mad. I would have probably gone insane. I probably would have been extremely difficult to deal with. But according to the New York Times, after being tossed out, he was arrested for skipping bail. Weeks later, the U.S. Justice Department unsealed an indictment which charged Mr. Assange with 18 counts of violating the Espionage Act by participating in a criminal hacking conspiracy 
and by encouraging hackers to steal secret material. The extradition order for Mr. Assange was additionally denied by a British judge who ruled in January 2021 he was at high risk of suicide if sent to a U.S. prison. Britain's high court later reversed that decision after assurances from American officials about his treatment. Priti Patel, the Britain's then Home Secretary, approved the extradition request in 2022. By the way, I get Britain's not the U.S., but the U.S. Supreme Court can hasten hearings they deem to be super important and time-sensitive. These English morons have taken their sweet time, two years, for an additional hearing. So please, understand, this is only a hearing to see if he can appeal. This is not even the appeal. Two judges are deciding his fate as we speak over the next 24 hours. If approved, an appeal, one la he gets to appeal one more time. If not, he could be sent home tomorrow on an airplane for trial for up to 175 years. And all he did was post information that was dropped into his inbox about war crimes, about basically George Bush and company and others indiscriminately bombing brown people in the Middle East. And so he's rotting in prison while Bush and Clinton, Clintons, and all of our other elite uniparty friends are out in the golf course right now or on the beach. This dude is actually like literally rotting in prison. It is insane. A handful of U.S. reps along with Senator Rand Paul have issued to President Biden a letter demanding the dropping of the charges. Slightly interesting, by the way, those who signed it includes Thomas Massey, Rand Paul, AOC, Rashida Tlaib, Ilhan Omar, and Paul Gosar. <laughs> Very strange bedfellows. The world is watching. And if President Biden tosses this guy in prison and throws away the key, Trump had better do something if he wins the election because he utterly failed to do so last time. And we are literally witnessing the human embodiment of journalism be persecuted right now. And so this will speak largely to where this country wants to head directionally about freedom of speech and freedom of the press. We are going to return after these messages. You're listening to WMKT's Talk the North on 1023 and 1033 FM, 1270 AM, Triple Talk, WMKT. Do you love watching television? If you're on a fixed budget, you need to make this free call right now to DISH and find out how you can get a fixed monthly price to watch all the television you want for three full years. In addition to a three-year price guarantee, you can also get free monthly movie rentals. They give you one free movie rental every month. That's a $165 value, yours free. Plus, get free in-home tech visits, no-cost equipment replacements, a free voice remote, and you can watch commercial-free TV. Even access all your favorite apps to stream like Netflix, Amazon Prime, YouTube, and more. Now is the perfect time to call Dish. Take advantage of the three-year price guarantee. Save yourself some money and all your equipment is free. Call right now. 800-818-3967. 800-818-3967. That's 800-818-3967. Paid for by NPS. And now, more of WMKT's Talk of the North with Nick Rudy right now on Northern Michigan's home for news and opinion, Triple Talk, WMKT. Welcome 
Welcome back to WMKT's Talk of the North on 1023 and 1033 FM, 1270 AM, Triple Talk, WMKT online at WMKTTheTalkStation.com. It is now time for WMKT's Market Watch. The Dow Jones fell 64 points today, ending at 38,563. The Nasdaq fell 144 points. They end at 15,630. And the S&P 500 fell 30 points. They end at 4,975. Domino's Pizza fell $4.70. They are at $417.15 at the closing bell. Spartan Nash made it into our mentions here. $1.39 increase per share. They end at $22.10, so a pretty good day for them. Striker Corporation fell $1.23, ending at $348.07. And rounding us out, it seems like every day, this is like the one constant in our life. They're always doing something. Whirlpool Corporation, they gained today $1.24. They end at $109.00. 40 cents per share. That has been WMKT's Market Watch, and that's all the time that we have for today's show. Again, as we ended with last segment, if you want to learn more, I encourage you to do some more research about WikiLeaks' Julian Assange. It is insane what he's going through right now. I encourage you to do your research so you know what our country is going through at this moment when we refer to freedom of the press. Again, that's all the time that we have for today's show. Thank you for tuning in. We'll be back tomorrow with more of the news you need to know. You're listening to WMKT's Talk the North on 1023 and 1033 FM, 1270 AM, Triple Talk, WMKT.